Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Prashanth Bijay, CEO of Flume Internet, which builds and installs optical edge technology, leveraging dark fiber in partnership with cities and utilities. Flume was launched in New York City in 2020 to bring new competition to the service provider market and help bring broadband to underserved areas. We discuss how and where Flume is using dark fiber to deliver high-speed internet, as well as Flume being chosen to participate in a program to deliver low-cost broadband to New York City Housing Authority developments, also known as NYCHA, as part of the New York City Internet Master Plan to close the digital divide. Sean, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Nicole. My pleasure. So tell me a bit about Flume. What is it? When did you all get started? And where are you currently active? Yes. So Flume is a part of this sort of new class of challenger ISPs that yeah. are looking to bring uh, more competition, specifically to home broadband and sort of fixed wireline services. Uh, the company itself was formed about 18 months ago. Um, with some, you know, basically telecom folks who had worked at a few other startups in the space and a few incumbents in the space. And we all sort of came together in, in New York City and decided to launch Flume, um, which is a sort of last mile dark fiber based home broadband service. Awesome. Wow. 18 months. So very new. Um, and you you launched uh, basically during a pandemic. So nice work. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a bit more about, you know, average speeds, uh, cost, how many subscribers you guys have at the moment? Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the timing is kind of timed it better. I started <laughs> yeah. talking about it in December of 2019. Um at the moment, so our flagship tier offering is gigabit internet over fiber to the home, um, and it can range between fifty and sixty dollars a month, um, depending on the geography. Nice. Um, we launched official service, um, you know, maybe six months ago, um, and we're you know available in about six or seven hundred uh, apartments, and and have started installing you know our first you know, fifty plus subscribers. Um, since then. So uh, awesome. sort of have an aggressive build plan for this year, but just getting started. Yeah. So you mentioned that you guys leverage dark fiber. So tell me a bit more ab- about that. Um, tell me more about how you do that. What is dark fiber? Um, and how does what Flume does, technologically speaking, differ from fixed wireless services like Starry or, you know, regular fiber providers like Verizon? Yeah. So um, I think a, a report was put out somewhere, you know, in August of last year, sort of detailing the fiber landscape in the U.S. And about 30% of the residences in the U.S. have fiber sort of on the doorstep or crossing the building. Um, however, only about 6% of the residences in the country actually have fiber to the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this sort of delta um, of about 80 million homes, pretty significant, uh, just comes from the fact that you know, there's a lot of commercial fiber out there that's been laid in the ground for a cell site, an enterprise, a hospital, you know, something in the neighborhood. Um, so our goal is to you know, sort of lease co-located data center space plug in our network, uh, and then lease uh, at scale these sort of unused dark fiber capacity uh, to get to buildings. And so 
Um, most of the you know, asset savings comes from the fact that we aren't uh, really building out the ability to get from the data center to the end customer. So that, that's the kind of general difference. And then the second part of your question, the fixed wireless piece, um, you know, everyone eventually needs to plug into a fiber cable that goes to an exchange and a cross connect and a patch panel. Um, and so for us, you know, we're sort of biased initially towards building out that fiber all the way into the building versus doing, you know, rooftop hops, um, which we may have to implement, you know, later on down the line. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So do you have a sense of how much untapped dark fiber there is in a city like New York? Yeah. So in a city like New York, I mean, I think generally for every residential location, um, we, we find that there's, you know, th- at least three or four um, dark fiber potential partners or sort of local franchisees available. Um, but granted, you know, New York is probably the most fiber dense market, but um, in other sort of metro areas, there are a vast sort of number of, you know, older buildings, et cetera, that all have dark fiber on the doorstep. Gotcha. And how do you go about being able to find out where that dark fiber is to, to actually leverage it? What does the nitty gritty of that look like? Yeah. So it's a combination of, you know, direct outreach to local carriers, um, national deals with sort of fiber partners, uh, and then using certain software tools and platforms and sort of new startups that are looking to map this this world out. Um, the the primary sort of source for us is generally national deals with, you know, dark fiber sellers who sell to sell sites like a Crown or a Zayo. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we are finding, especially now, that there's um, a, a lot of local interest as well in you know a utility or somebody who's run fiber, you know, and is using two, you know, two pairs out of a, a 288 count cable. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Got it. Okay. So it's see, it seems to me that this is something that could work quite well in helping to solve some of the connectivity gaps that we have and that you guys reach the speed necessary to qualify for broadband, whether or not we change the, the definition. Um, so I'm wondering, where does something like Flume not work when it comes to closing the digital divide? Can Is there dark fiber to leverage in rural America or some of the harder to reach places? Yeah. So unfortunately, in both rural America and a majority of suburbs, so that 70% where there isn't a fiber on the doorstep, um, we do need to invest and deploy a lot more sort of connectivity and access options. Um, I think the second, you know, sort of new popular trend we're seeing that we're you know definitely backers of is suburbs building open access systems mm-hmm. um i think for us effectively it's almost like leasing a dark fiber right so um i, I think that other 70 percent, you know you'll you'll see a a variety of solutions including non-terrestrial etc um where it really doesn't make sense even for open access fiber um but but at the moment you know i think the the solution, the dark fiber leasing is tailored to metro and then sort of surrounding outskirts. 
etc. Got it. Okay. So I learned about Flume because it was announced that you all were selected to participate in New York City's Internet Master Plan program to close the city's digital divide, um, specifically part of a program to bring free and low-cost broadband to the New York City Housing Authority or the NYCHA developments. Um, so tell me a bit about that, why you submitted a request for expression of interest in order to participate in it, and um, where are you all in the process of getting Flume rolled out? Yeah, so um, I think the initiative was put out last May, May of 2020, um, sort of very timely with shelter in place. And Flume was uh, very interested because it is sort of in our target dark fiber service area um, to bring in service. And so we hadn't initially thought about you know, low-income housing as a big sort of business vertical, but we put some more thought into it and realized, you know, it's generally just the same business, right? It's the same fiber cable, same services. Um, and so the the current goal is to offer, you know, a high speed sort of 200 meg option and around 30 to $35. And then the state mandated $15 um, sort of lower speed option. And I think it's the, the numbers we saw were about 80% of the people at NYCHA today pay for home broadband and 20% do not. And so the goal with the low cost here is to convert that 20%. And then with the sort of high speed, it's to let that 80% of folks save almost, you know, 30, 40% on their existing bill uh, with a competitive option. So, um, yeah, we, we thought it was, you know, right thing to do, but also just good business and, um, you know, uh, we just want to bring options to those kind of locations. So. Has the process of getting the technology deployed uh, begun? Yeah. So currently in deployment on the first sort of eighteen hundred uh, apartments. Great. Um, gone, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, I, I think there's like a real urgency. Um, it's you know, no secret. I think lots of ISPs have pitched NYCHA over the years. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's yeah, it seems like there's there's a real interest in getting it implemented now. I'm just curious, who else do you have to work with within NYCHA in order to do that kind of outreach? Um, and is it door to door? Do you have to go to each you know, family to make sure that they know what it, what to do in order to get connected and that they, that they know they have this option? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the awareness piece, you know, home internet is something people generally aren't you know, super excited about or looking to swap. So um, it's working with a lot of the tenant engagement, um, sending out sort of campus-wide notifications. Um, I think something that's really interesting that's that's helped is uh, the EBB program, mm. um, and you know we've invested a fair amount into you know, how can we make this as painless as possible. Um, you know, filling out forms and faxing them, et cetera, is not really something anyone wants to do today. So um, I think pushing those sort of initiatives, et cetera, has, has been received well uh, and will continue to. Yeah, that's great. I was gonna. I was wondering if you were participating in EBB, so it sounds like you are. Um, and um, the last question that I had for you uh, was that it sounded like you all were planning to expand more this year. You mentioned that earlier in the conversation. So is there anything else you want to say about your expansion plans? Yeah, I mean, I think in the New York geography itself, there's you know, room for so many ISPs and sort of competitive options. So definitely have some aggressive plans there. Um, and then we are speaking with a lot of cities on open access. Um, and I think a few of these um, 
you know, there's sort of this budding ecosystem of infrastructure builders who want to build open access networks. So um, looking to launch, you know, one or two cities in 2022 uh, mm -hmm. on that model. Um, still unclear where, but likely in the Northeast and a few cities in California. Um, I think we're seeing the most sort of ardent political support in those areas. Got it. Great. And um, I know I said that was the last question, but just a quick follow up on something you said, because you mentioned the $15 mandated state um, requirement for ISPs, although it does seem that our friendly national ISPs here in New York um, helped and to destroy that mandate. So are you all still planning to go along with that regardless? Yeah. Um, I think, again, the, the target to convert that 20% who are know, using a McDonald's or Starbucks mm -hmm. Wi-Fi to do work or school, um, that, that's still part of our goal. Okay. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's actually still just good business to convert people who don't have home internet. So we're, we're happy to provide the, the $15 tier. Awesome. Well, thank you so much both for doing that and for taking the time to talk with me. I will certainly be keeping up with, with your work. So th thanks a lot for your time. Again, Prashanth for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Tian Fu, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.